It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode of BGN Radio is brought to you by Clip It, the hottest app that is out there. Watch TV, make clips, and share. For more information, check them out at clipit.tv or check them on Twitter at clipittv. Michael Kiss. Hey, somebody has run out on the field. Some goofball in a hand. And Benjamin Solak. I know it's a big night when he asked for honey. He said he wants honey. It's the Kiss and Solak Show. I mean, I love those guys. Right here on BGN Radio. You are flying high on the Kissed and Solak Show. This is episode 18. It is brought to you by the fine folks at BGN Radio. I am your host, Michael Kist. Follow my excellent work for InsideThePylon.com, BleedingGreenNation.com. Follow me on Twitter at Michael Kist NFL. As always, I am joined by the brilliant and best co-host in the game, Mr. Seven Year Streak Without a Bad Day. He is Benjamin Solak of Bleeding Green Nation and NDTScouting.com is where you can find his draft work. Follow him on Twitter at Benjamin Solak. That's S-O-L-A-K. Ben, how you doing, brother? Michael, I'm doing exceptionally well. I know you are not the biggest uh, basketball follower, but today, Markel Fultz, we're recording on Monday, Markel Fultz made his debut uh, his return from injury, I should say, for the Sixers. 68-game absence it was, and he was back playing against the Nuggets. And did he look great? No. Do I care? Not really. Very happy to see that young man back out on the court and playing. It's a good time. It's halftime right now, and I'm missing the third quarter to record this, Mike. So I hope you know that's how important the Kiss and Solak show is to me. I'm missing precious Markel Fultz minutes to talk to you. A little mock draft we got going on today. Yeah, we're going to be doing a mock draft. And yeah, I was able to, and I had my own moment today that I want to brag about. I was able to pick baby, little teeny tiny baby Augustus up out of the bed, move him 20 feet to a crib, lay him down, didn't hear a peep. It was like winning the Super Bowl, dude. It was the greatest feeling in the world. And that's why we can do this recording right now, because I am the best father on the planet, at least the most skilled one. Well, the best is objective, whatever. (laughs) Maybe not the best, but certainly the most skilled. (laughs) So yeah, what we're going to be doing today is we're going to be doing a full first round mock draft, all 32 teams, 
We'll get into the reasons why and all that good stuff. What we're going to do is we're going to alternate. So I am going to take the odds. Ben is going to take the evens, which means you can blame Ben when he does not pick the right player for the Eagles. And obviously we're going to, when we get to the Rams, and I want to tease this up front, when we get to the Rams, the Ndamukong Sioux news has dropped. We are aware of it and we will definitely talk about it. But Ben, are you ready for this, man? Oh, dude, born ready. Let's mock it up. All right, number one, the Cleveland Browns. And this is a predictive mock. This is not what we would do. Uh, So just keep that in mind. I'm sure everyone's going to forget and yell at us. But I have the Cleveland Browns. I think you can put it in marker by now. Sam Darnold, quarterback out of USC. They get their quarterback with Tyrod Taylor there. He can sit for a bit. Tyrod can win you some games, not get you fired. A drunk told me outside of each that it was going to be Sam Darnold, (laughs) and he's pretty connected, so I'm going to stick with that. So that's my pick at one. Ben, you're up at two, man. One quarterback off the board. You're the Giants. What you going to do? Yeah, I'm up at two. Uh, we're not. We don't have any trades here. I think obviously the Giants are going to be the team that tries to move around. They're going to want a King's ransom for that number two overall, and they'll probably be pushing the Bills for it. But if they stay, it will be because they're taking a quarterback. I just cannot. I will believe they take a, a take running Barkley. back or a guard at two when I see it, and I will despair. Uh, at this point, I would expect it to be a quarterback. I have no idea how you convince yourself that Eli Manning has any more than one year left in him, even if you think he is playing serviceably, which he's not. As a result, I'll take the guy who should have gone one overall. If I were calling the shots, that's Josh Rosen. Uh, I've said it some other places. I don't think I've said it here. Josh Rosen is the best quarterback prospect that I've ever graded uh that's everybody from 2014 draft up so that's Mariota that's Winston that's Goff that's Wentz and then that's everybody from last year Rosen's got the best grade for me I think he's an exceptional talent uh I didn't want to send him to New York but if they're staying there at two I would imagine he's the pick we talked about the pick at two on yesterday's show with John Ledyard go back and listen to that we talked all about running backs and that pick at two why picking Barkley there would be stupid because of opportunity costs and positional value and all that good stuff so go check that episode out it was a lot of fun so that puts me at three with the Jets having moved up from six to three in a trade with the Colts two quarterbacks are off the board the NFL is stupid and Josh Allen goes at three I don't like this pick this would not be my pick again this is a predictive mock I think if we were talking about Josh Allen as a round two round three you know like day two type of developmental quarterback I would be more on board because I really liked what I saw from Allen a couple years ago just from okay here's a raw guy that you could develop he never developed he's got a Mustang arm can't drive stick so the Jets are going to have some fun with this one and probably be searching for a quarterback in another few years. Here's my thing. Tell me your thing. It's Christian Hackenberg 2.0. Like, that's what it feels like to me. Mm-hmm. So that's what the Jets are going to do, and it's going to be hilarious. Ben, you're on the clock at four. Cleveland has already picked Sam Darnold. I picked them for him. How are you going to follow up with that, Ben? All right. Actually, let me let me hit you with this real quick. We had quarterbacks go one, two, three. So I don't know. What odds do you want to put on the happening? If I were to give you like plus 300, three quarterbacks go one, two, three, plus 300. How much money are you putting down on that? I'm putting a lot of money down on it. Even so? if, yeah, even if the teams stick, especially if there is another trade where, for instance, the Bills come up to two or whatever the case may be, I feel pretty confident that the quarterbacks are going one, two, three. I think that's the way that things are lined up for sure. Yeah, I agree with you. And then at four, we could see a quarterback again if Cleveland's able to move <laughs> that second pick here. Right. If they're not doing so, then yeah, like we said, the NFL is stupid. Running backs in the top 10 and the top 15 are a very difficult pick to sell. 
from a value perspective. It doesn't help your offense as much as a fourth overall pick should. But Saquon Barkley is, uh, you know, we talked about Rosen. Saquon Barkley has the best running back grade that I've ever given out as well as my number two overall player. He's obviously a three down sort of a guy. So you can get involved in the passing game, which does inflate his value a little bit. Cleveland will bring in that offensive weapon, really try to overhaul uh, who they're who they're running their offense through with this sort of a draft. That defense is, is, is pretty solid, Mike. So the offense is what needs the facelift. Obviously, Carlos Hyde is there. Duke Johnson is there. But you're not. I would imagine they don't pass up Barkley. And so I, I gave him Barkley at four. Yeah, those running backs don't keep you from taking another running back for sure. So Barkley's off the board at four. We go to five with the Denver Broncos, where I think the fourth quarterback comes off the board. Yep. Baker Bucephalus Mayfield gets selected at five. John Elway takes another swing. He said he was willing to take as many swings as it takes to get a quarterback. He's got Keenum in there as a bridge, and he brings in Baker Mayfield. I personally like this pick. I think he, I think he's a good fit there, and I think it's a good situation for him. No, I like that a lot. I think Baker's a good one. I would not be surprised to see Denver snag the guy that I had go six uh, to Indianapolis. That's Quentin Nelson, guard out of, out of Notre Dame. I think the idea of putting Quentin Nelson next to Garrett Bowles is very exciting. I think that's a mm. very solid left side of your line. That's an angry criminal left side of your line that's a violent <laughs> left side but i sent him to indianapolis and at the end of the day off for indy i don't think there's a team currently worse off than indianapolis is which is like right. tough to say obviously they have andrew luck there but once i see him healthy then yeah they'll be better off than a team like you know the jets or whatever as of right now uh, just uh, Indianapolis, the, they've been spiraling for years. They've obviously smashed the reset button. I hope Frank Reich does well there. And I think Reich saw the value of the trenches here in Philadelphia. And so that's where the rebuild begins. It's a multi-year rebuild. So as of right now, you can feel comfortable just taking the best player on your board. Even if he's not at the greatest position of value, Quentin Nelson, the guard, my top player, goes sixth overall. Speaking of trench play with the Buccaneers at pick seven, I really had a had a hard time with this one because I thought they could have gone a couple of different directions. You look at Derwin James is still on the board. Minka Fitzpatrick was really attractive right there. Minka, King Minka. <laughs> they brought in JPP and they also brought in Vinnie Curry. Both of them are signed to 2020. I don't think JPP makes it to the end of that deal. I'm bringing in more pass rushers anyway to secure the future of that position. I'm bringing in Bradley Chubb of NC State. Ben, that puts you with the Bears at eight. Who you got? Bears at eight. I went linebacker, which I think is where the Bears are going to go. Obviously, there are two big name linebackers at the top of this draft. That's Roquan Smith out of UGA, out of Georgia, and then uh, Tremaine Edmonds, the young kid out of Virginia Tech. Roquan is a more polished product. You're going to get better production out of him immediately. Tremaine Edmonds is a bit more of a project. Like I said, he's younger. He's a bit more raw, but he definitely has a higher ceiling. You can whiff a waffle here, but I think that Ryan Pace, GM of the Bears, has been unafraid to gamble in the draft. He's been unafraid to make some big-time moves. So I went for Edmonds. He's the less certain product, but I think he fits very nicely in Vic Fangio's defense. I think they get to move him around a good deal. I think Edmonds can be a, a stellar player for Chicago. Might take a year or two, but I, I really like the pick and the fit. I like that fit, too. I wouldn't be surprised to see Edmonds go before Roquan either, just because that ceiling, he's so young, is, it's crazy. Yeah, and, and again, I would have taken Minka here, if not 
for the Bears having probably the best safety duo in right. the league in Adrian yeah. Amos and Eddie Jackson, right? I'm I'm appalled that Minka has thus fallen so far. Well, I'm going to take him off the board for you because Good the San man. Francisco 49ers at nine, from what I've heard, he's their 1A with Roquan Smith being their 1B, but their 1A, Minka Fitzpatrick, the athlete out of Alabama. Uh, he's going to play some safety for him. They've got Tequiski Tart in the building. They've got Jimmy Ward. None of those guys are going to stop you from keeping a guy that's going to be a very good player for a very long time. So Minka comes off the board. The wait was long enough. And speaking of the wait ending on a top-tier player, a guy that we both like, Ben, at 10, the Oakland Raiders are on the board. Yeah, they're taking Roquan after I just talked about uh, Tremaine Edmonds going to Chicago. <laughs> you could easily see these picks flipped. I think the Raiders would be happy either way. Raiders picking at 10 with the way the quarterback board is probably going to fall in front of them. We have four going top five. This right. is fantastic news for all these teams, Chicago, San Francisco, Oakland, Miami. We're about to see, you know, and, and Tampa as well. You can throw them in there. These guys are getting their pick of the litter with some top players that I'm sure they have as top five players in their board, but they're getting pushed down. So Oakland really rides, you know, that wave here by grabbing a guy like Roquan Smith. For Oakland, you could justify, I think, a defensive pick almost anywhere. I, I do wonder about maybe taking a Maurice Hurst uh, a, a more impactful guy. I wonder about taking a Harold Landry, a guy who can be on the edge. You're talking about positional mm. value. But I think Roquan Smith, who is higher rated than these guys, who has this three-down potential, who's you know incredible coverage linebacker, incredible range, I think that Oakland's going to bite for that at 10. And they should. You know what I mean? They do have yeah. you know Bruce Irvin and, and, and Khalil Max. They're good on the edge. You know Eddie Vanderdose out of UCLA was a pick last year who, when he's healthy, he can play. And so they've got guys, you know. I think it would be Roquan. Denzel Ward is another name you could consider here. Oakland's got to go defense. That's the moral of the story. They took the best defender left on the board just from a pure BPA perspective uh, by by taking Roquan Smith. Yeah, and speaking of Denzel Ward, he is not the number one corner on my board. I do have him rated highly in that top 15. My number one corner is Jair Alexander, but again, predictive mock. I think that the Dolphins could try to see what they have in Cordrea Tankersley. I think he's a good one. Xavier Howard had the one beautiful game against the New England Patriots. I don't think he really did much outside of that. They need to be able to cover these wide receivers, man. And with Denzel Ward on the board with his elite athleticism mm -hmm. uh, tested through the roof, I think they take Denzel Ward here at 11. That brings us to what could be a very controversial pick because Buffalo not being able to trade up in this scenario since there's no trades in this mock. There are four quarterbacks gone already. They need a quarterback. Ben, do they take one at 12? Does Buffalo take a quarterback at 12? Oh, uh, absolutely. And and I'll, I'll tell you this, Mike. We have Lamar Jackson here going, or excuse me, at least I do. I'm making the pick. Lamar Jackson going to the Bills at 12. We all expect the Bills, having traded up from 21 to 12, to make a second move, a la the Philadelphia Eagles for Carson Wentz, to move up into the top five to go get the guy that they want. However, and this was also a reality with, with Philadelphia, there's a chance that doesn't come through. And, and right. if the Giants want a quarterback, then one, two, and three aren't budging. Okay, so you're already missing out on your top three quarterbacks that you want. Then... You would have to get in front of Denver at five, who probably mm. is going to draft the quarterback. And that's Cleveland's pick at four. And Cleveland right. is no longer in fire sale territory, right? right? And so all of a sudden, you know, Buffalo could be in a spot where they're sitting there. It's pick six with Indianapolis on the board. Buffalo sees nobody with a quarterback need in front of them. Maybe Miami, you know, you want to talk about Ryan Tannehill. So maybe they have to bump up to 10 or nine. But really, Buffalo now is just kind of playing the airwaves. And if they feel somebody like Arizona, 
the Chargers, Baltimore moving up from behind them, then they've got to go make a move. But otherwise, they can just kind of try to sit at 12 and go get their guy without, you know, much, much issue, which I don't anticipate happening. But, mm. it, you know, Buffalo, we we expected them to be picking around three or two, but they might not be anymore. And so if they're not at 12, then they're probably a nine or a 10, right? And so they're going to be getting the fourth or fifth quarterback off the board. That is to say, Lamar Jackson, obviously, you know, you may be worried about a mobile style of quarterback after they fell out of favor with Tyrod. Lamar is so much more of a playmaker than Tyrod ever was. The yeah. styles of play could not be any different. This is an electric young man. My 15th overall player, my third quarterback, uh, rank, excuse me, my second ranked quarterback, Lamar Jackson. Wonderful young player. I think he'd be fantastic in Buffalo. Rick Dennison, West Coast style. I think he can execute a lot of those passing concepts. Got to work on his timing. We got to work on his footwork. We know, like most rookies do, I think it's a good fit. <laughs> and there's going to be a lot of highlight reel plays with Lamar Jackson and LaShawn McCoy operating out of the same backfield. That's that's dangerous. Speaking of a dangerous backfield, the Washington Redskins at 13 have not had a dangerous backfield in a very long time. My running back one, Darius Geis. Unfortunately, I would hate this because I love Geis and I would hate to see him go to a division rival. Geis is going in the first round, guys. Uh, Howie Roseman has acknowledged that and I think he's a really good fit with what Washington does. Give Alex Smith a back that he can lean on and really help his game. So that's the pick there, Darius Geis to the Redskins. And at 14, yep. Ben, before you even filled this name out, I'm like, if this guy doesn't go at 14 to this team, I'm going to lose my mind. But you did it right. Tell him who you pick for the Packers at 14. Yeah, it's Harold Landry. And, and a point on Darius Geis, he's got a meeting with Washington. I'm pretty right. sure John Ledger was on a broke it today. He's got he's got a dinner with the president there. And so that's a very interesting spot at 13 for them. Could see again, we, we've avoided the interior defensive line so far. I could see that. But Darius Geist to Washington definitely has some real run to it. Harold Landry to Green Bay has a ton of run to it. To me, it's a no-brainer. Maybe, you know, if one of Denzel Ward or Jerry Alexander are there, Green Bay is really locked on getting that first round corner. They've got second-round corner Kevin King on one side, and they have pretty much nobody else on the other side. Right. King was already a bit of a project. I expect him to have a much better year two than he did year one, which wasn't bad. Uh, so maybe they're going for that young corner duo. Maybe that's the plan. But really, they've been in desperate need of edge help for a while. Now, Clay Matthews is not getting any younger. Neither is Nick Perry. Kyler Frackrell is not the answer. Harold Landry is a perfect fit for what they want coming off the edge. They desperately need that juice, that explosiveness. This has been a great fit at a great point of value for Harold Landry for months now. To me, it's one of the easiest ones to pencil into a mock. They just got to make sure he falls that far down because yeah. you could easily convince me that Harold Landry is in the conversation for Chicago at 8, for San Francisco at 9, for Oakland at 10, and then for any other team with an edge need following in the early teens. But he fell here, so Harold Landry at 14 to the Packers. Yeah, and I would not be surprised if some teams had Harold Landry above Bradley Chubb because that 2016 tape was so dominant. All right, at 15, the Arizona Cardinals now have to deal with the the dual-headed monster, Sue and Aaron Donald. They didn't have a line to begin with, and they have two statues at quarterback, yeah. one which has already been broken a thousand times. You have to go offensive line here. Connor Williams seems like a great fit for me. He can play tackle. He can play inside at guard, guard if you need him to. I think he's a tackle personally. He's the top tackle on my board. Either way, they need to protect their quarterbacks. They have to go offensive linemen. I think this is a good pick for them and maybe keeps their quarterback upright for at least two more games. So you're going to get about three games total from Sam Bradford. 
Ben, you're up. Yeah, no, it's a sad situation. I like Connor Williams there. They desperately need it. I went Marcus Davenport to Baltimore at 16, and this is really the first pick that I've had to make that I didn't like it, but it's what's maybe slash probably going to happen. We know that Ozzie Newsome maybe isn't the most, uh, you know, he doesn't like the small school guys necessarily as much, especially early. However, we know that Newsome is kind of moving on, and and who's that uh, – Who's that guy they have stepping up? Is it DaCosta? Eric DaCosta, I think it is. Mm-hmm. Maybe I've got the name wrong. Either way, they've got somebody stepping into the shoes. So you could be seeing a shift in mindset there. Uh, Marcus Davenport, obviously incredibly toolsy. Baltimore, again, another team that's in desperate need of edge work. He's going to be a guy that is a bit of a, of a multi-year project. I don't think you can expect too much of him out of year one. However, I don't think you can expect too much out of Baltimore for as long as Joe Flacco and his ridiculously ludicrous contract are still there. And so this is an opportunity for them to refresh and retool the defensive line. Uh, and and I wonder, you know, I'm not sure how much they're going to ask him to drop back. You know, they kind of do a little bit of 3-4 stuff. That wouldn't be what I would do with Davenport. So maybe you see him get some interior rush work, uh, which makes a lot of sense for his frame and for his build. So Davenport to Baltimore, it's a good fit for the guy. I think that they've got a good history of developing uh, defensive line talent there. I definitely do think it is too early. Mike, you're on the clock. Chargers at 17. So at 17 with the Chargers, Derwin James is still on the board, and mm. this team needs an upgrade at safety badly. And to have a talent like James that you can move around, that can come down and play some man, man coverage against guys in the slot, I really like his versatility. I like his, he's an athletic freak as well. I'm surprised he lasted this long. Everyone and their mother was mocking Malik Hooker to the Chargers last year. If you remember that, they yeah, finally go right. and get one. So yeah, James is is the guy for me right there. All right, that's me with Seattle at 18. And as is our tradition, we will mock a first round offensive lineman to Seattle, despite <laughs> the fact that they will never do it. Uh, Isaiah Wynn falling this far is honestly like pretty, if you're evaluating him as an offensive tackle, it's pretty criminal. Um, Isaiah Wynn is an exceptional talent. I'm really excited about what he brings to the table. That's my 11th overall player as an offensive tackle. That is my offensive tackle one, Isaiah Wynn. Now, he is likely going to be moving to guard in the NFL because the NFL is convinced that you need a certain length to play offensive tackle. That being said, Seattle has never been a team that shies away from moving their players around a ridiculous amount in the offensive line. So, hey, that's awesome. He can basically play four different positions for you. Maybe he can play center too. That makes sense what Seattle wants. And as we alluded to with Arizona, yeah, NFC West teams better start beefing up the offensive lines. <laughs> I think Isaiah Wynn represents a good investment for Seattle. It is a new age of Seattle, Mike. They are moving on from the old. It is a, a big retooling. Maybe they start. Tom Cable's gone. Hey, yeah, this could be it, man. Isaiah Wynn. Represents a new hope. Yeah, I absolutely love that pick. I love Wayne. I'm very high on him as well. All right, so at 19, the dreaded Dallas Cowboys. I wanted to give them somebody bad, but, man, this pick makes too much sense for me. They need to really stiffen up in that interior of the defensive line, and this interior defensive line class is fantastic. I think that's why you see a little bit of a slip because there's guys, there's guys that you can get around later. But if you can get Maurice Hurst at 19, Ben, I was just watching him the other day, the coach's film of him, watching him from the end zone angle, the way he works, that first step burst. His testing was weird. I don't know if he didn't have a whole lot of time to prep for it because the heart thing, and he got clear for that, which is good. So as long as that still continues to check out, Maurice Hurst is a first-round talent. There's no question about it. So I have the Dallas Cowboys taking Hurst. Yeah, honestly, Hurst's athleticism, like all of his testing was average except for like one test, which was bad. 
And to me, okay, you're an average athlete. It's not good. It's not bad. It's average. You know, like it. it, it and the tape is really me. good. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> the testing didn't bother me as much. Yeah. Though, when we talk about interior defensive line testing, we should talk about Vitevea, who is going to Detroit at 20 for me, Mike. Vitevea is an absolute monster. He is actually my interior defensive line one. He is just an inch above uh, Mort Maurice Hurst. However, they play, as we talk about, different enough positions that really you should be evaluating them in different ways. Maurice Hurst yeah. is a space eater. He is a zero tech and he is a one tech. Uh, and that is so much more so, uh, you know, the, the Cowboys so much more so need a three tech. The Lions are the ones who need that space eater. They need somebody to be able to be there to, to take on double teams. Uh, Matt Patricia defense, he loves to move his, his defensive line around. Bay is a guy who gives you the ability to rush from different positions. He's used to that on the Washington line. They've just lost to Lodi Nada. Uh, he obviously came to Philadelphia. Vita Vea steps in and is Nada with much, much, much more pass rush potential. He's younger. He's cheaper. He's probably stouter as well at this point in Nada's career, which is crazy to think about. I think it's a slam dunk pick. Out with the old in with the new. Plug and chug Vita Vea for the Lions. I like it. And at 21, I've got... My first major reach, Ben, had to do it with Davenport. Your first major reach was at three with Josh Allen. Let's make that very clear. But that's a quarterback thing, man. Everyone's going to take a quarterback yeah, super yeah. high, even if they're a second or third round talent. This positional value and the NFL being weird. But as far as a, a reach in the regular portion of the draft where things aren't so so stupid with quarterback values, Colton Miller, my pick at 21 to the Cincinnati Bengals. I don't know what they did to that offensive line in the last couple of years. This is a reach. But, you know, it, a guy that tests like Colton Miller athletically, a coach is going to have the hubris to say, oh, I can I can fix those technical deficiencies. And I'm personally glad that Colton Miller comes off the board here, which means we don't have to pick him or consider him at 32. I have an article about Colton Miller up on BleedingGreenNation.com. Go check that zero out for T. more of my thoughts on him. That zero T, brother, with the upside down picture. It's awesome. All right, Ben. Number 22, the Buffalo Bills are back on the clock after taking Lamar Jackson with this with the 12th overall pick. How do they follow up with that? It's sad, Mike, because I actually I don't mind Miller as much as you do. We, we should argue about him one day. But that, today's sure. not that day. Brandon Thorne uh, of NDT Scouting of Inside the Pylon and of Bleacher Report. Bleacher Report 1000, Mike, uh, ranks 1,000 players in the NFL. Uh, Brandon Thorne, excellent mind, had defensive tackles, interior defensive linemen. He ranked 104 of them. And, Mike, I'm going to list to you the 104th defensive tackle was Cedric Thornton of the Buffalo Bills. The 103rd defensive tackle was Adolphus Washington of the Buffalo Bills. The 102nd defensive tackle was Jarrell Worthy of the, you guessed it, Buffalo Bills. They need interior defensive line so badly. And trading Marcel Darius for what? Peanuts. It was like a sixth or something absurd. I don't know, man. That made no sense to me at the time. It makes no sense to me now. Taven Bryan out of Florida. This is a young man, incredibly disruptive, insane athleticism, has no idea what he's doing right. once he gets past line of scrimmage. We talk about, uh, you know, a good analogy is a chicken with his head cut off, right? Yeah, sure, he can get there fast, but he doesn't know what to do when he gets there. Uh, so Bryan needs some coaching. He needs some work. Uh, but this is a guy who's got a really, really nice high ceiling, and they got to take a defensive tackle early. Brian is a good location for him. That's an easy pick after you get Lamar at 12. I really like the Brian pick there. Okay, we got to pause here for a second because at 23, the Los Angeles Rams are on the clock. If they do not trade that pick for Odell Beckham Jr., who apparently is on the trade block, and the Rams Dude. have been calling about him, which is, okay, what is up with that, Ben? 
The Giants think that rebuilding apparently or reloading or, or whatever, whatever it is that they're doing means that you have to deconstruct to the point where you get to like what the Browns have been for the past five years. And they may even pass on a quarterback at the same time. It's the most absurd freaking thing to me. I cannot believe I missed this point and it's crucial. I don't even think Josh Norman is that good. But Gettleman now, this is the second time that he's gone to war, assuming all this is true, with a young, outspoken star about to hit his second contract, Mm. right? And if you can't deal with young, outspoken, inflated ego players with social media nowadays, you cannot be a GM in the NFL. Are you kidding me? (laughs) That like priority number one to hiring your GM should be like able to handle 23 year olds who think they run the world, right? Because like, that's what you have. That's what you're going to get when you draft these players, you know, able to handle 28 year olds who are about to be making a hundred million bajillion dollars. And Gettleman clearly has no idea how to do this, right? He can't go up against it. Trade Odell Beckham Jr. if you want to. I will laugh my head off even uh-huh. if he goes to the Rams. And then the Rams are a perfect case a case study in the other direction in right. the sense that they have the youngest head coach in the NFL who very clearly is saying, listen, I am not afraid of young, hot-headed people. I can handle them. I know how to do it, right? And so trading Odell would be ridiculous. I absolutely would be sending my first-round pick for Odell Beckham Jr. in a heartbeat i would be doing it without a question that is a top three wide receiver in the nfl and he is healthy so often with players like this who who get frustrated with their current management at their current team when they get moved they get very motivated and they Mm. get very pissed and yes that doesn't laugh last forever but it focuses them enough to get off on a really good foot with their new organization and then it's your job as a general manager your job as head coach to foster that and and to ride that and to build that into something stronger and more lasting that's the way that i read into it rams might move for him but you know what the rams did do mike they signed a dominican sue for a one-year 14 million (laughs) dollar contract they have aaron donald and dominican sue i am sorry Philadelphia fans, that is the best defensive tackle duo in the NFL. Oh, Tim sure. Jernigan is a is a good to great defensive tackle. There is no question about that. He is a very talented young man. Indomitian Sue and, and Aaron Donald are two of the five most talented interior defensive linemen in the NFL, period. And they're both on the same team now in a Wade Phillips defense that is fantastic right. schematically already. They've got Michael Brockers behind them. They've got Nobody coming off the edge right now. They need to work on that. That needs to be drafted. They have no linebackers, which is good because it supports my theory that linebackers are pointless and excusable and no reason to have them and they're dumb. And then they've got a fantastic secondary. Uh, Rams defense going to be good, folks. Sean McVay's offense going to be good. Rams going to be a good team. And, and the plus side of this for the Rams is the fact that we talked about the ability of Wade Phillips to turn around some of these hotter head guys and get them focused in and dialed in like he did with the key to leave when he was in Denver and now in Los Angeles. They bring in Marcus Peters, same situation. Now you have Dominican Sue. You're going to tell me you're going to pass on a Dominican Sue, bringing him in that locker room because things might blow up. I'll take that chance and I'll go for a ring. So a uh, very good defensive line that they're building there. Uh, and if they don't trade this pick for Odell Beckham, which would be insane, you could think that they are looking at wide receiver really hard, but there's no wide receiver that's on the skill level of a Odell here. I like adding a young linebacker that you can unleash behind that defensive line. So I went with Leighton Vander Esch, the linebacker out of Boise State. Linebackers are pointless. Linebackers are trade pigs. (laughs) Sorry. That's a Justice Moscato line. I love it. (laughs) Yes, it is. Listen, 
linebackers are either safeties who can't cover, edge defenders who can't bend, <laughs> or defensive go. tackles who are too small. Okay? Really, in today's <laughs> NFL, you either cover or rush the passer, or there's no point for you to exist. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it's a good thing that you have it. They, they could also go with an edge rusher here. Like I said, they could go wide receiver, but freeing up a linebacker like that behind that defensive line with the athletic profile that Leighton Vander Esch has, I think is, uh, I think it's a good fit for them. Then we go to 24 with the Carolina Panthers, who have been, in my opinion, bungling this entire offseason. Ben, do they get it right? Who do they take? So they'll take the guy who I would have taken, actually. I think if I had the Rams pick, they're going to go wide receiver. They're going to go for Calvin Ridley. I think Calvin Ridley is the sort of guy that a Sean McVay would really like. But if you look at the wide receiver depth chart for the Carolina Panthers, uh, they, of course, as their wide receiver, two is Torrey Smith, which is all Eagle fans know. That should be bad news. Besides that, Devin Funches, who's been coming along kind of nicely, and then it's nobody. It's Kalen Clay, it's Brenton Burson, Mose Frazier, whoever that is, Russell Shepard, maybe Curtis Samuel, question mark, is he a running back, is he a wide no. receiver? So let's bring in a guy like Calvin Ridley, uber polished, a guy who can really give you quick, easy separation, who's going to be able to give you a consistent threat to the short and the intermediate level. Imagine this, Cam Newton... But with a guy he can consistently throw to who's actually open. We have never seen that. We've never seen Cam Newton, like maybe with Steve Smith. Was he there like one year with Steve Smith? Maybe I think it was. Either way, we haven't seen him in quite some time. I'd be very excited to see that for Cam. Calvin's a good fit. All right, so moving right along so we can get to our beloved Eagles here. We got the Tennessee Titans at 25. They reach for an edge rusher that isn't super productive, but tested through the roof, which teams will reach for all the time. They're going to take Josh Sweat from FSU. Josh. Do you like Sweat? I don't like him as much as some people do, but I do think that he has a, he's, he's a good chance to be a very good player. You got to be sure about that knee, first. Yeah. And then secondly, athletic players can get away with a lot in college that they can't get away with in the NFL. And so I think there's a learning curve for Sweat, but I definitely do see a path where he becomes a dynamic rusher. Very nice. Okay, so you're up 26, the Atlanta Falcons. Who you got? You know, I, I talk about the NFC and, and, and how good it is. It's a fantastic conference. And I always say, oh, you know, the, the, the Rams, the Eagles, the Saints, the Vikings, the Falcons, these are such good teams. And people always get mad at me. Like, why are you including the Falcons? Like, they're a step below. And I really don't think they are. I think that they lost Kyle Shanahan and they had to figure out how to get their offensive coordinator right. And they still have Steve Sarkeesian. And for as long as he's there, they may be limited from that perspective. But I think Matt Ryan had a fantastic 2017 season that goes underappreciated. I think that they've got excellent offensive weapons. I think that that defense is solid at all three levels. They have a couple of gaps to fill here and there. I think one of those positions is guard. And so I gave him Willie Nandez. All right, my boy Willie. You okay? Why is John Barchard saying that he's nude and running down the street? Because Markel Fultz is scoring, Mike, and I'm not oh. watching it. I'm in the comments. Click on the tweet. <laughs> I see you. I see We're you. yelling about you. <laughs> well, could, well, then, then let's go. Let's because go. Let's I'm get you not back to watching game. the debut of Markel. Okay. I gave them Willie Nandez, Michael. I gave them nice. Willie. He's an excellent power guard. You can pull him. He can work in his own scheme, which they do a lot of zone stuff. He doesn't have the best movement skills. Alex Mack next to him is one of the best movement centers in the NFL. And so you can go ahead and just pin and pull, move Mack instead of Willie. You'll find a way to do it. He's a stellar pass protector that'll shore up their offensive line, give Matt Ryan more time. Great news. Your pick. Number 27, the New Orleans Saints. 
They need an upgrade at linebacker. I would say if Leighton Vander Esch was there for them, that that would be the pick for me. You could even argue Rashawn Evans for them. I'm going to give them an upgrade over their six foot four or six foot five slot wide receiver Brandon Coleman out of Rutgers, and I'm going to give them a guy that I really like at wide receiver who can play outside and inside. It's DJ Moore from Maryland. You can manufacture him touches. Drew Brees is getting up there in age, and you got to surround him with some weapons. I think more is a weapon that they can do a lot with. I went for my surprise with this one. This is where I really I went uh, a little bit left. I think teams are going to love Jesse Bates. I think teams already do love Jesse Bates. I'm at 28. I'm there with Pittsburgh. There's a good, solid amount of excellent playmakers left on the board. Dallas Goddard, Mike Isicki. These are guys that, that, that Pittsburgh could desperately use at the tight end position, even if they do have Vance McDonald there, right? Then you have a guy like, like a Justin Reed, a Ronnie Harrison. These are some of the top safeties that are left on this board, you know, and then you have excellent corners. Steelers really should not say no to a Jairi Alexander, who we do not have coming off the board of the first round. Only one corner. They shouldn't say no to an Isaiah Oliver, uh, a Josh Jackson, if they feel right. like they can put him there, right? But I gave them Jesse Bates. And I think that the, the versatility he provides to you is really, really exciting. He's a guy who I think is a free safety, who has excellent downhill playing ability, which is reminiscent of Mike Mitchell, who they just released. So I think that that's a nice plug and play into the system. It's a very familiar feel. And then he's a young player. And so he's going to give you good development, good growth over time. Jesse Bates was my pick. That could surprise some people at 28, but don't be shocked if you hear rumors with his name in the back end of the first as we get closer to the end of April. 29. Jacksonville Jaguars might be a step away from winning the Super Bowl. Last year, they couldn't get it done. They didn't have enough juice. I am going to go. You want the fifth-year option with your quarterbacks. And I've heard before that they really like this guy. Is this the sixth quarterback? Is this the sixth quarterback in the first round? It's it's Kyan Fahey's boy, Mason Rudolph, the heir apparent to the prestigious Blake Bortles throne. I think it's actually a possibility, Ben. I think this is something that may happen, and I don't think it in the way that you know Davis Webb was getting first-round buzz. I think that the Jaguars might make a move to eventually replace Boros because that contract, I know he's under extension and whatnot, that, that contract made, is made of toilet paper. They want to upgrade that position. I think Rudolph is the pick here. Here's the issue. It's well, not an upgrade, though. Let me make that clear. Right, <laughs> right no, no. And, 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 and I, don't, I don't think Mason Rudolph is better than Blake Boros. I really don't. Here's right. the issue. However, is that unless it's a tight end here, which it very well could have been with Goddard still on the board and with Gasecki still on the board, you would have a very di- or a wide receiver as well. I think you could make the case. I forgot that Allen Robinson yeah. is gone mm-hmm. and Allen Hearns is gone as well. Maybe like a Cortland Sutton. Yeah. Besides that, those two spots, it's very difficult to justify spending a first round pick anywhere on this roster. Maybe what slot corner because you lost Colvin. Maybe where else are you going to spend pick 29? If not Take on a quarterback, swing. right? Yeah, so Jacksonville's in a, in a, in a tricky spot. <laughs> anyway, I've got Minnesota at 30. I've said his name now a couple of picks. Now he's off the board. You don't put up the best athletic testing we've seen at the tight end position in history and then not go round one. Teams right. are going to have Mike Gesicki out of Penn State as a top 20 player. Again, you know, sometimes the first time these head coaches are seeing these players is in Indianapolis. And then Gesicki comes out and jumps through the freaking roof. Yeah. Minnesota, again, another team, very few needs. You know, you could talk me into an interior defensive lineman here, but really 
uh, Andrew Brown is the only three technique who I think right. maybe you consider Nathan Shepard. You know, if, if you feel comfortable with the tape you've seen on him, obviously teams might have more access there. But besides three tech, I think tight end is the biggest hole left on this roster. I think Gasicki steps in. You you know, we're talking three three wide receiver sets with Gasicki as a wide out in the slot, mm-hmm. and then Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen. That's incredibly dangerous. And Kirk Cousins is used to having a great tight end as far as Jordan Reed goes. So I think that's a good smart pick for Zimmer and Co. There in Minneapolis. Yeah, if this were twenty years ago, the Jets would have stuck at six, and they would have taken Gasecki, and they would have been like cheering in the war room. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so at thirty-one, the New England Patriots—they need a replacement for Nate Soldier. They need somebody that can block for two point five seconds. I think Mike McGlinchey can handle that. We'll see. They're going to take him. They're going to try it out. Not a guy I'm real high on. Not a guy that Ben is real high on at all. Uh, he's going to give you some juice as a run blocker. You hope he holds up as a pass in pass pro. We've talked about him before. We'll talk about him some more, especially when we bring on Brandon Thorne from the Athletic. But Ben, we have reached pick thirty-two, the Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles, as it will be announced in Dallas in Jerry World, are on the clock. Who you got? A lot of different people to consider here. I wanted to take a guy uh, with whom we could have a little bit of a conversation. I know we're up against it a bit. You know, we've talked about a Darius guy, so Ronald Jones uh, running back here at 32. Uh, we discussed that at length, actually, in the, the John Ledger episode, which was released on Monday. So go ahead and listen. I believe that was episode 16, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, and then we've, we've talked about, at least I have a tight end, uh, potentially a 32, Dallas Goddard, still on the board. Forgotten during this pre-draft process a ton, Mike. Dallas Goddard's my 14th overall player. He's an incredible talent. Great tape at the, at the FCS level. I think he's going to be an excellent pro. So these are temptations. You know, we could see a corner if they're trying to move on from Ronald Darby, like we've heard rumored. Uh, maybe a linebacker as well. Rashawn Evans is a very popular pick at 32. But we've stopped talking about offensive tackle at 32, yes. Uh, yes. Which, is a, which is a little bit frustrating. And so I want to bring it back. Offensive tackle, I believe my number four offensive tackle is Tyrell Crosby out of Oregon yes! and I'm going to take him he's a very good young player Tyrell Crosby comes in as my 35th overall player so this is a really nice value spot for him you know you want to be you'd be drafting a 35 overall tackle in 20s 25 so this is a little bit of a drop from a value perspective so that's great news Crosby is not a guy who blows your mind with athleticism. I, I, I When I talk about him, I say he's more smooth than he is explosive. Uh, yeah, again, you know, technique is also not going to blow you away. But this just guy was very controlled throughout his body, has mm-hmm. ideal size and ideal length. And then I think the foot quickness, it's improved during his time on Oregon. You go back to 2016, you go even back to 2015. He has left and right versatility, which is fantastic. He's incredibly physical, not afraid to, to mix it up there in the track which is a nice addition so this is a guy who comes in he's your immediate swing tackle ot3 he's polished he's ready to play year one but you can also leave him on the bench as you've got jason peters and lane johnson still there and then when it's time you can start crosby on the left if you want to or you can flip him to the right and you can give lane johnson a practice time on the left however you want to do it i think uh you know crosby is not the sexy pick mike but he's the smart pick for 2019 and beyond. He's the smart pick for protecting your franchise quarterback. You've been winning with your offensive line. It's how you got to the Super Bowl. It's how you won it. Keep it running. 
Tyrell Crosby at 32. That's my pick. I, I love going offensive line here. Another guy that the Eagles are meeting with, James Daniels, the center out of Iowa, would be a nice pick and an heir apparent to Jason Kelsey, hopefully, that we don't have on the roster right now. But Crosby, I think he moves well enough to do the things that we're going to ask him to do out in space. I think he's a nasty nasty finisher and I think in this situation where you give him a little bit of time before he has to start that he could really thrive in this situation with a very good line coach and Jeff Stoutland so I absolutely love the pick Ben I think you did it right I'm sure a lot of people are going to be yelling at you Uh, I take no responsibility for this pick whatsoever (laughs) so I'm happy about that I'm I'm glad Ben got pick 32 but I think he got it right so I will defend you uh, in the DMs probably not out in public Uh, Ben what else do we have for the gentle gentle listeners Howdy, gentle listeners. Thank you for listening to Mock 1.0 for the Kissed and Solak show. Remember, Mike had the odds. Ben had the evens. Be angry about Mike's picks. Be happy about mine, please. And also, thank you. We do appreciate you listening, as always. Do us a favor, rate, review, and subscribe. You will notice the very fresh uh, BGN Radio logo, Super Bowl Champions 52 bgn radio logo that is mike and all of the gear is available for you at bgn radio on the t public store you hit up the link there is a sale going on uh we are about i believe 14 hours into the 48 hour sale and so go get your goodies while they're cheap rock the new logo it's very very fresh coming up for you on the kissed and solak show we are near 30 some days until the nfl draft kicks off in dallas wonderful maybe that's another 10 episodes for you guys of the Kiss and Solak show in the pre-draft process. And so we're looking at a ton of guests for you guys. Trevor Sikama from Locked On NFL Draft, Dane Brugler of NFL Draft Scout, potentially uh, Brandon Thorne of NDT Scouting and The Athletic. These are guys we want to be bringing on to give you guys fresh and new perspectives on the NFL Draft. And of course, we'll be continuing ripping through the content. We've got audio coming to you. We've got visual content coming for you very, very soon. So just make sure you're keeping it plugged in on all the social medias. I've been Benjamin Solak on Twitter, at Benjamin Solak. That's been Michael Kiss on Twitter, at Michael Kiss NFL. Thank you so much for listening. We all we got, we all we need, Fly Eagles Fly. Fly.